You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K23. As always, if you don't yet have your copy, make sure you hit the link in the description of this show to get your copy because that's where you can play all weekend. BJ, it's Friday today. So we're going to give the people what they want and we're going to answer some more of their questions. But we're going to try and answer oh, more. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, well, we got to get you. We we've yeah, we've yeah. done this. We've spent a whole episode of one question. I, 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 you know what? Our listeners, they just so, they so great. You know, we had to spend, I think we we did one question for like 30 minutes, right? Yep. You know? That's how so we got to get through it. Let's get through it. Let's give two minutes and then we're out of here. I'm going to get my timer right now. We're going to get two minutes so we can get to the questions. Hold on. Uh, I'll get my timer we can take right a little now, bit, though. we can take a little bit longer than two minutes. We can take a little bit longer All than right, two okay. minutes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, All right. Okay. The first question here is uh, from, from my guy S. Janab, who wants to know any watch-alongs on the horizon while we're not in the studio for Sky Sports? Well, we, that's on us. We got to get to it. That's on us. We got to get to the watch-alongs. I can't tell you how many people have been asking me about that. It's a lot of fun. And here's the thing. You and I are watching the games anyway. So why not do it? Why not do it? Give you know, especially, you know, with our, with our listeners and our people who, you know, rock with us every day. So mm-hmm. that would be a lot of fun. I would love to do it, enjoy to do it. And, uh, you know, let's, let's just figure it out. Well, let's, let's figure it out on a Sunday or whenever the games are early enough so that you can know with the time difference, but I think it would be a lot yeah. of fun for us to do. I think we definitely need to, we, we also need to find a sponsor for the, for the watch alongs. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, my yes. dream is, PJ, my dream is, to get sponsored by a chicken wing company that will send chicken wings to my house during the watch along so I can eat wings during the watch along. So if anyone listening runs a chicken wing company, you guys know the plan. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Just putting it out there. And we'll watch we'll watch Mo grow right in front of our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> send me send me grill ones, not fried ones. Send me the grill ones so they help you. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> You know what I mean? I try to cut down. I don't want the fried ones anymore. I want the grilled ones. Chaos in 1973 okay. says, question for BJ Armstrong. What shoes did you use during... Excuse me, I just sneeze. What shoes, if that's the right word, did BJ use during his career? Nike Air Force. Air Force Air Force Ones. Air Force Ones. The Nike. Yeah, Nike Air Force. Before the Jordans. I, I like the Nike Air Force. Did you play in some Jordans that you showed me? Yeah, I, I did for I think one year that he retired. But for the my career, I was a Nike Air Force guy. High I top, love or the high top, the high, high top, top Air Force. Top, That's top. crazy because I would never go and hoop in Air Force Ones anymore. Uh, Paul yeah, also I like, wants to I like know, Nike Airfoot. If you yeah. played today, what shoes would you be wearing? I would be wearing high tops, the Air Force. You would have. about. You would have been playing in Air Force Ones today. With all the yeah, technology would, yeah. and new shoes, there is no yeah, way. But hear me out. Hear me out here. Hear me out. Again, I I I have figured out what works for me. Okay. Now I I I will admit that the the game today is more athletic. Players are faster, pace and space and all of those things. However, for me, what I found in my career, because that's how I learned how to play. And I'm gonna, if I were playing today, I would bring that same thought 
but I, it would just look different, which is the best ability is availability. Yes. Okay. The best ability and what, is availability. Where does the Air Force One's come into that factor? Because you know what? Play. I'm watching guys sprain their ankles and stuff all the time. That's a part of the game. And the solution is like, to wear Air Force Ones. Well, for, for me, for me is I taped and wore high tops because I knew as a guard in particular that I was going to either get my foot stepped on mm -hmm. or I was going to sprain my ankle. That was just me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't concerned about how fast I needed to be. It's just, just get me in the game and I'll figure it out. And, and when I do get hurt, I want to be able to strap myself up and keep on chucking along. Now, that's just the way I think. Now, I'm watching guys today, right? Everyone wears low tops with no tape. Yeah. I, I didn't like the tape, but I wore the tape because I knew I was going to sprain my ankle. I, I think some of them still wear the tape, just not as much as... I'm not saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying some. I'm just saying in our generation, very rarely you saw someone play who wasn't taped. Mm-hmm. So I wore for, tape for the guys listening I, at home. Could you explain the taping process for them? Yeah, yeah. The, the, you, you taping your ankles. You know, you're you're, you're taping your ankles. It's like the, um, the athletic tape. The white. What, what's it called yeah, over here? Yeah, um, I guess they would call the it athletic. duct tape. Is it duct tape that yeah, they call it here? I don't yeah, know what they call yeah, it, but yeah. well, the it's the white tape, tape that they have. Yeah. Yes, and I wore the tape, and I would do a double wrap because. Jeez. I knew I was going to sprain my ankle. It, it, it wasn't a matter if you were going to do it. It was just when you were going to do it. So I wore high tops and the tape just because I knew it was going to happen. But mm -hmm. when it did happen, it was going to lessen the blow. Mm -hmm. So that way I could stay on the court. I didn't want to miss a game. Now, that was me. Now, what I would have done a half second faster in low tops. Yeah, did I feel whatever? Okay. Hey, I'm not about being comfortable. I'm about showing up. Now, that's my Detroit mentality. You got to show up at the run. I'm not about looking good, feeling good, and all that. No, I feel good because I was there no matter what. And then I'll figure out the rest. But that's just me. So I would be an Air Force high-top guy to this day. And then I would figure out the rest. Now, you know, I get it. The, the 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 shoes are lighter. The shoes better technology. Da da da. No, just give me the shoe that when I do spray my ankle, that's going to allow me to show up tomorrow. Because guys, today, like when we when you sprained your ankle in our era, that was like day to day. These guys sprained their ankle four to six weeks, and I'm not saying, and I have a hard time believing that the the, the sprains today are that much more severe than the sprains that happened back then. This is the most old school thing you ever said on this show. This is the most it's old, not old school. school. Thing. Mo, this is just Mo. This is how I think. Like, I'm not saying that those guys. I believe that they're hurt. Uh, okay, okay. But I take myself up. Yeah, Mo. I Mo. I played with broken fingers back then. Like, mm -hmm. if you watch guys, you'll see guys with like taping their fingers next to another finger, so that way you can keep playing. Yep. Now a guy sprains his finger and he's out. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm not. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be out. I'm not saying it's good for your health to play with a sprained ankle. But, Mo, I literally would tape myself and I would get a double, call a double heel lock. Mm -hmm. Not just a single lock when they do a figure eight around your ankle. I would do that double just so when I did sprain my ankle, Mo, 
stay secure. I could, I could stay secure enough to say, let me put it in this ice tub. Let me just keep the swelling down as much as I can so I can play the next night. I don't know if that's old school or that's just what I just wanted to be available for my guys. Like, well, everyone is going to get hurt. Yeah. So if, you, if you could wanting to play. You could tape your ankles, but I'm not going to let you play in Air Force Ones. I'm, I'm going to have to get you some I'm, upgrades. I'm, I'm playing in, I'm playing, no, I'm playing in Air Force. I'm playing in high, high top Air Force, and I'm playing with a double heel lock. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Now, okay. I'm, a, I'm trying to get 80, <laughs> Mo, for, I want to say about six or seven years, Mo, I played 82 straight. Mm-hmm. That, Mo, I, I mean, that was my mentality. Like, I, I knew, I, listen, it's impossible to play great or play well every game. Mo, I showed up. Yep, between 94 and 96, 97, 82 games, 82 games, 82 games. So, Mo, that was my mentality. Not even before, wait, 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 from 91, 1990, so starting in 1990, up until the end of the 96 season, BJ Armstrong played all 82 games. That's kind of crazy when you that, think about it. No, no, Mo, that's what I'm saying. Mo, I, this isn't old school. I just wanted to be there. Mo, you, Mo, we're going to go out and play. And you say, I know I'm going to get hurt. It's it's impossible. You're, I'm a little guard. I'm driving to the basket. I'm not going to, like, not step on somebody's foot. Someone's not going to step on my foot. A guy is a big 250-pound guy is running behind me to set a back screen. I'm. It's going to happen. Uh-huh. So if you know it's going to happen, why wouldn't I give myself the best chance of surviving that collision so that I can play the next night? I hear that's that's how I thought Mo and I played. I think one year, and I think I probably would have played longer. But one year, I remember I just I got a DMP. I think early in my career, mm-hmm. I think I had one DMP early in my career. I played like eighty one games or something. But Mo, I played, and then when I had knee, I had a you know I had some knee injuries and stuff. I missed, and then I started missing games because you know when you have knee injuries, nothing yeah. you can do. But Mo with the ankles, oh no. An ankle spray, Mo, that's not keeping me out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> An ankle spray, no. Uh, knee, okay, you might get me on a knee. An ankle sprain, a broken finger, no, no, Mo. No, that's not that's not happening. <laughs> not, <laughs> not the way I think, <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean? That's all I got is a broken finger? Oh, take that baby up and, and let's keep going. Man, um, there was a, a pair of game-worn Air Force One high tops <laughs> Air Force high tops worn by BJ Armstrong, signed by BJ Armstrong, that recently got sold at an auction. It doesn't have the price here, though. They look pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I, well, I, just give me the best... Just give me the best high tops with the lower center of gravity that you have. And Air Force Ones were the one for me. Like, if mm-hmm. you... And I, I'm convinced, after after looking at the Jordans, the one thing I, I always respected about the Jordans, other than the, high, the fashion part of it, was they were lower than regular shoes. Mm. And the reason they were lower is because that kept him lower to the ground, which gave him better protection, I felt. Mm-hmm. So to me, you, it's all about bit you did wear a few selection of Jordans throughout uh throughout your career. I'm just looking through a few pictures of you now. You had a player edition exclusive, player only Jordan 9 yeah. colorway. I think they're the ones that you show me. That you showed me mm-hmm. one time. And then there's another pair that I'm just uh having a look here that you had, and they were yeah, I, uh, I remember the I wore I wore I wore the a Wu-Tang collaboration. Wore, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, 
That's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty pretty impressive. But I but the ones I felt most comfortable in were the Air Force ones because they they were they were just man they 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 weren't light they were heavy, but they were like it was like a boot, and yeah. I was like okay I'm going to get hit but Mo it, it's it's going to happen like so. Well, for for nine thousand US dollars, you could purchase a BJ Armstrong player exclusive Air Jordan Nine at Christie's auction house. That's pretty oh, crazy. Uh, That's pretty crazy uh, that you had no idea that they're auctioning off your shoes. <laughs> I, I I have no I I can't keep up with that. You know what? God bless them. That's their business. I have no idea. I just wanted to play. I was just a young kid who wanted to play, Mo. That's all. It. That's all I want to do. I love. I'm an old guy, and I still want to play. I, I, if I could, I would play. Man, I would play same. right now, if I could. Same, same. But let's get back to some of these questions. I got distracted down this rabbit hole of sneakers. Um, let's have a look at some of the other questions. Uh, here we have Emmanuel says, "I really love your show. I want to know who you guys will think will win Rookie of the Year." Oh wow! Oh wow! Because I think the obvious shout would be Paolo Banquero, but the kid Benedict Mathurin has made a very yeah, he's this very kid where he's playing right case. now. Yeah, yeah, that kid Mathurin, right? I always mispronounce his name, Mathurin. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him in the Indiana Pacers, first of all. He could be Rookie of the Year and Six Man of the Year <laughs> right now. I mean, Mo. Yeah. I mean. He, He's he's played great, you know. Jay Nivey, but Paolo looks terrific. I mean, those three come to mind immediately. Um, so I I would say probably one of those three right now. I'm I'm gonna say just by a, a smidge, I would say Paolo, just a smidge. Right I thought now. you'd give the Detroit return. bias to Jaden Ivey. Well, I, I, I that, that's 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 the Detroit in me. I but I I have to Paolo. Hey, Paulo is is pretty darn good. Jay Nivey, you know what? I mean, th- he does some things more athletically that you just got to go wild to. I mean, this kid Ivy, I, I Ivy's going to be a fun, fun player to watch in years to come, though. Yeah, I think um, Paulo's been the best rookie, but because he missed mm-hmm. so many games with his ankle sprain. Yes. Ironically, talking about ankle sprains, uh, I right. think Mathurin is is currently my leader. For the award, yeah. I, I and I, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Uh, Mark McKenzie has got quite a, a detailed question here. He says, "What's okay. the point in having a salary cap when teams can just disregard it and pay the luxury tax? Do you think teams should get penalized for breaching the cap by either a salary reduction for the following year or start on minus five to ten wins? Is the only way to stop teams tanking to introduce a relegation system and two tiers of basketball? The country is big enough and has the population base to support it." Also, when are we going to address the real issue? There are just way too many regular season games. But Mark, that's like four or five questions in one. I don't know if we're going to be able to answer all of them. So let's just start with the basis of it all. He's saying, what's the point in having a salary cap when teams, I believe he must be insinuating the Golden State Warriors, can just disregard it and pay the luxury tax? Well, the luxury tax is the punishment. Because if you own that team, it is very costly to be paying $500 million out of your own pocket in luxury tax payments. But what are your thoughts, Mr. Armstrong? Well, it's a very complex question. It's, and it's a really good question, actually. And we could spend literally all day trying to answer that question. 
So let me start backwards here. The bottom line with this league is not the salary cap, not the tanking and all those things. The bottom line in this business, keyword, the bottom line in this business, right? You have the basketball business, which is basketball questions, salary cap, luxury tax and all this. Then you have the business of basketball. The business of basketball says the following. The evaluations of these teams, that's the business. They share revenue. So if you devalue one franchise, you devalue them all, right? And when one franchise gets valued at an elite level, let's say, for instance, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, if they sell for 4 or $5 billion, which they okay, he will. didn't purchase the team for 4 or $5 billion, but if he sells the team at 4 or $5 billion, the value of these teams now are well over a hundred billion dollars mm-hmm. combined, Most which is great value. business. Okay. Which is, yeah, by 30, all 30 teams. That's a great evaluation for the league. That's the business we're in. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the fun part. Let's solve all of these little things. Salary cap. Okay. Yes. You know, what are three, 400 million people here in America? Okay. Mm-hmm. But here, here's what you have to take into consideration. The living, the cost of living in New York City is totally different than the cost of living in then Utah, <laughs> New Orleans, yep, Oklahoma. Orlando, other place, Oklahoma, and those places. Okay. Mm-hmm. So clearly the bigger markets, LA, Boston, Chicago, New York. They have a, they're playing in a larger market. Therefore, they can charge more for prices and tickets based on your location in whatever area you're living in this country. So the only way that you can level the playing field, if you will, is everyone has the same money to spend. And whatever you charge for your arena based on what the market will bear in that area that's the team's responsibility. You can't charge the same every place, right? So I go to a Laker game. I get a front row ticket. That's a $7,500 ticket. I go to a game in Cleveland. That's a $700 ticket. I'm just using it as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's facts. Okay. So you have to level the playing field. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But is it the best that's available at this particular time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How are you going to stop tanking? Okay. So you say, well, how are you going to stop tanking? So let's say we have a two-tier system. Suddenly now the Lakers now are evaluated now, that let's say six million, $6 billion with a B. Yeah. So now you have a $6 billion franchise that's playing in the second division because yeah. they didn't make the playoffs last year. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not good business for the league. So that's not even a consideration when you're talking about our business here. Mm-hmm. It's not, Mo, I'm not, I can't de- This is the best league in the world. You can't devalue these teams. So great questions. However, no one yet has come up with the greatest solution that's going to do the following. Address those questions that you asked. And 
handle the business of basketball because all that really matters right now is the business of basketball. And as long as the valuations of these franchises continue to climb and move forward, yeah, that's called a win for this league, no matter how you slice it or dice it. And no one's going to vote to devalue a franchise moving forward. Great question. I wish I had the answer. This is something that is thought about from top to bottom in this league. You can commissioner silver addresses this. It seems like every year mm-hmm. to solve the problem of tanking and all of those things. No one wants I, it. I think we did an episode talking about relegation and why it's not possibly uh, yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago, but, maybe months ago. Um, go check that, that one out. That's, the, that's what it is. So great question. I don't know the answer to it, but I, I, I am very aware of what, you know, the type of business you're in. You know, this is a business, Mo, and make no doubt about it, and a very profitable business, I might add. Sports in general, whether it's soccer or football, you guys call it there. Football. Football, American football here. I mean, those evaluations, those franchises in American football is through the roof. Major League Baseball, through the roof. Basketball. I mean, it's it's an incredible business to be in. Uh So... You know, it is what it is. And um, we're continuing. And I say we people that work in this sports and entertainment business, because that's what it is, trying to figure that one out. Uh, And if you do want to hear our conversation about the idea to potentially introduce relegation in the NBA, I believe that was on episode 181. You want to look out for the title that says the Lakers are in the mud. That's what I titled the episode. So you can go check that out. We got another question here from Chris Healy. He says, do players have any say in a trade? I saw a clip where a player was being interviewed and there was, he was still mic'd up when BJ called him and said he was being moved, I think, from Chicago to New York, and he was devastated. So obviously, Derek Rose. Can they say no? That's interesting. Has no. a player ever refused? No. Has a player ever refused well, you, you or, can... or tried to refuse a trade? Chris also says, keep up the good work, guys. We appreciate you, Chris, and your question. Well, you know, you can have a no-trade I think Carmelo had one, you know, most recently, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are a few other players that probably have that in their contract. However, you know, listen, when a team is ready to move you, they move you. What, what can you do? Mm-hmm. What, what are you going to do? Like, it's always shocking when you get traded, right? It's just a, it's just a shock to you. It's like you, you, I remember the first time I was traded, you know, it's like, the very first time in your career where you feel rejected. Like when I was young, like, you know, for the most part, most people wanted me to be on their team. When I was in high school, it was very positive experience. When I went to college, I get drafted in the NBA by the team who wanted me. And all of a sudden I get to the NBA and I hear my my name, you know, BJ's going to be traded. What do you mean? Like no one's ever not wanted me. You know what I mean? It's a, so And I remember that instant, that incident you were, that you're referring to with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was the number one pick in the draft. Everyone mm-hmm. wanted him. Derrick Rose was the number one player in high school. Everyone wanted him. All of a sudden, the team that had him said, "We're trading you." It's just, it's a natural response. You just happen to have seen it for, you know, I don't know if it's your first time, but that's a natural feeling. Once you're in this business long enough, Mo, you realize 
it's a business mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. everyone gets traded. Hey, it's like I'm in the NBA. Everyone makes a run. <laughs> okay, Bo? Yeah. That's how it works. Well, right so, now, interestingly, just to jump in real quick, the, there's only one player right now who has a no trade clause in their contract. Because I believe to have a no trade clause, you have to have played for eight seasons with the team that you're currently with. Do you yeah, know who that one player is right now? Hmm. I was going to say, it's not LeBron now. Nope. I, I don't know who was that. Jason Tatum? No, no Jason no, Tatum no. has been in the league eight years. The only player right now with a no trade clause for this season is Bradley Beal. Okay, okay, that, that makes sense because he had the max contract so, extension and then a super max. Mm -hmm. So that's how you so, get it. Yeah, so that makes. But so there was a that time. Makes sense. There was a time in the league where LeBron, Melo, I think even KD had one oh, at one good. point, and all these guys had mm -hmm. one. But now the more you move teams, you don't get the no trade clause. Um, so. It's, it's an interesting clause because it's not often that you see it in effect because it's not often that a team would trade a player of that caliber to another team without having a conversation with them first. Uh, but you want to know something interesting? Last season, there was... I don't know what happened in the salary cap, but it was to do with the one-year bird rights. So if a free agent signs a one-year contract and has the bird rights of his current team when he becomes a free agent, they also get the option to veto trades. So last season, here's the list, because people think it's only the superstars who have the no trade clause. Here's the list of players that could have vetoed trades last year. Lou Williams, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown Jr., Jermichael Green, Austin Rivers, Frank Jackson, Corey Joseph, Rodney McGruder, Hamadou Diallo, Nicholas Batum, Udonis Haston, Victor Oladipo, Dwayne Dedman, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, Bobby Portis, Mike Muscala, Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, and Raul Nato. Which is hilarious to think that Giannis doesn't have the no trade clause, but his brother Thanasis does. That was that was a pretty interesting question. I'm actually mm -hmm. loving these questions that are sent in by the fans. So uh, make sure you guys hit the link that's in our description of this show and join the Discord server because that is where we answer all of these amazing questions that you guys send in. We've got one more here from Matt Abbott. And we talked about the Rookie of the Year. And he says, do you think it's possible for Benedict Mathurin to win Rookie of the Year and Sixth Man of the Year? Personally, I do, Mo. Well, well, I, I, I do. Personally, I, do. I think Russell Westbrook is the favorite right now for Sixth Man of the Year. But I do think it is possible for the young fella to win both. There was a season. I, I do. There was a season, and the year was 2005, where Ben Gordon at the Chicago Bulls was a rookie who won sixth man of the year was on the all rookie first team, but didn't win rookie of the year, which is quite a, uh, Oh, really? Which is, which is quite I, you a, know, I was, I was there. And that was my last year in Chicago. I, I remember that year. I remember that. The 2005 that rookie of the year went to Emeka Okafor. Yeah. Was, was he was number one pick that year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the kid Mathurin can do it this year? First time in history. Well, I mean, look, you're talking about something that's never been done, right? Mm -hmm. It's very rare. It's a very, it's, it's, it's a rare sighting. So the fact that I'm talking about it, I'm going, okay. I, I think the kid now really is probably a starter in the NBA. Mm -hmm. However, they've elected 
with their depth and what they have for him to come off the bench. And he's accepted his role, you know, exceptionally well, because it's really hard to play consistent off the bench as a young player. And somehow he's figured that out. Could he do it? Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't see it, but I mean, Wes Unsell was the rookie of the year and the MVP of the league. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Now, and and I'm just as excited because I've been saying this, and it seems like all my conversations always refer back to the same thing. Victor, I think, could do that. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. MVP in his rookie season. Well, I, 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 listen, I think the kid is going to average 20. It's just 20 what? I mean, I mean, he can shoot the three ball. All right. He makes two or three threes a game. Right. That's Mm -hmm. nine points. And then he can score, you know, five field goals. Right. A tip in a layup, (laughs) a post up, get to the free throw line. I mean, well, okay, that's 20 points right there. He's not even hot yet. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying he's just playing in the floor of the game. You know, an alley-oop. That's what I'm saying. So, I, I just see him putting up these ridiculous numbers and I keep watching, you know, one of my favorite players now, and I, I have to admit is Bobo. Yep. He just does. You don't have to admit that BJ. Your love for Bobo is well known across the. Uh, oh, is it well known? Okay. Yeah. Well I mean, known. When I see Bobo and I keep thinking to myself, okay, Bobo and Victor and, you know, these seven foot players, they're going to make an, they're going to make an incredible impact on the game. And I watch Giannis and then I watch Embiid and I watch Jokic last night. You're just saying you see the bigs are catching up to the skill level of these smaller players. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you watch Victor and you watch what he's doing skill wise at his size, you're going, okay, that's not fair. Bow Bowles rebounding the ball, taking it behind his back. Euro, he's Euro stepping at 7 3. <laughs> okay. Insane. Insane. Okay. You know, so I, I just think it's, I see the possibilities. Now, is it difficult to do? I think it's only happened once, right? West Sunsale. I think it's only happened once. Mm-hmm. But I could see that being in the realm now of possibilities. Well, did Will Chamberlain do it as well? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think he he may have. He may have. I mean, will another seven footer? Like I mean, every, you, you gotta every record ever. You just have to assume that will change. Scott, you know, because How about that. Uh, How about that. Yeah, so he was the rookie of the year in 1960 and the most valuable player in 1960. So Wilt Chamberlain and Wes Unser. Okay. So, so that's that. Are the two players? Then, uh, if you guys want to keep listening to the most valuable podcast, make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review on the Apple Podcast app. And we'll be back on Monday morning with more for you from around the NBA. BJ, very important. Mark your calendar at 11 a.m. for you on Friday. USA versus England in the World Cup. you got to mm. tune in. you got to tune in. And we'll discuss. We'll discuss on Monday. Don't worry. We'll do. We'll do. Well, you guys at home listening, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Enjoy all the NBA action coming your way. There's some nice early tip-offs as well. Catch them on NBA League Pass. And until next time, you guys know the vibes. Get buckets.